0: Omagyana timirandhasya, jnananjana shalakaya, chakshurun militam yena tasmai shri guruvenamaha. Please remember to bring songbooks tomorrow. Everyone, please, whoever wants to come again tomorrow, please bring songbooks. I'll read the first few sentences of the Preface of the Nectar of Instruction by His Divine Grace Srila Prabhupada and continue with the discussion that ensues. The Krishna Consciousness Movement is conducted under the supervision of Srila Rupa Swami. The Gorya Vaishnavas or Bengali Vaishnavas are mostly followers of Sri Taitanya Mahaprabhu, of whom the six Goswamis of Vrindavan are direct disciples. Therefore, Srila Narottam Das Thakur has sung, Rupa Rabhunatapade Hoibe Akuti, Kabe Hama Jugal Piriti. When I am eager to understand the literature given by the Goswamis, then I shall be able to understand the transcendental loving affairs of Radha and Krishna. Mm. Yesterday, the, d- the discussion was mostly about how the Krishna Conscious Movement is conducted under the supervision of Anugatthi Srila Rupa Goswami and why that is so. Now we can discuss more about the Krishna Consciousness Movement. What is it that's being supervised? Why Krishna conscious? How has this term come about? This is obviously it's an English term. Uh Srila Prabhupada. Well, consciousness and then Krishna consciousness. Krishna is not an English word. Is Krishna a Sanskrit word? Maybe. Krishna is a is a word that transcends every language. It's not part of any language and it can be used in any language. It's not a mundane sound. Sanskrit is known as Devanagari, that which is spoken in the cities of the demigods. But Krishna, this is spoken by persons who are... the, the, The word Krishna, the name Krishna is understood properly by persons who are beyond the platform of the demigods, who are transcendental to material nature. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he would comment that the Krishna who we worship is not the Krishna as imagined by the mundane artists or poets. The Krishna we worship is not the Krishna of the Mahabharata, the Krishna we worship is not the Radha Govinda of the Nimbarka Sampradaya. The Krishna we worship is Radha's Krishna. This Krishna is the object of the Gorya Vaishnavas. Shri Radha Shaha Shri Madan Mohan Shri Radha Shaha Shri Govinda Charan Shri Radha Shaha Shri La Shri 18 Thakor hoy Gorya Naath 18 Thakor Goryake ke Cen Atta eighteen charan in the beginning of Sri chaitanya charitamrita Śrīla krishnas kaviraj goswami describes describes who is who is the goal what is the purpose of the Gauriya vaishnavas their purpose is to worship radha krishna as madan mohan govinda and Gopinath. They are the very life, they are non-different from the life of the Gorya Vaishnavas. So this word Krishna, if we are to discuss, then we will be here a very long time. We should go on discussing. There is no end to discussing. But the whole purpose, why is Rupa Goswami writing this book? Why did he come to this world? Why is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu come to this world? Why did Srila Prabhupada venture out to the Western countries. So the whole purpose is so that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's benediction can be given to everyone. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would benedict everyone. Krishna matir astu May your thoughts, your consciousness be in Krishna. So this is the whole point, this is Krishna consciousness. Consciousness is always there, that is the nature of the jīva. If the, if if the jīva doesn't have consciousness, it's, it's unthinkable, because the jīva, his uh, prime characteristic, mukhya lakshana, is that he has consciousness. If there's no consciousness then it's not jiva, it's not jiva means living. So that consciousness can be manifest in two ways. Krishna Unmukh or seva inclined towards Krishna, inclined towards the service of Krishna, or Bahimuk. Turned away from Krishna. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to infuse everyone with Krishna consciousness. Everyone is unconscious of Krishna. A Chaitanya a-chaitanyam Everyone is as if unconscious. So, this movement is meant for Krishna consciousness. It seems like a very straightforward statement, doesn't it? Everyone knows that. You all know that, right? This movement is meant for Krishna consciousness. It's good to remember what that is, ultimately. What is that? That Rupa Goswami himself has described, Prabhupada derived this term, Krishna consciousness, from Rupa Goswami. Krishna bhakti rasa bhavita Kriatam Yati katopi labhyate Tatra Loliam Apimuliam Ekalam Janma Koti Sukritay Nalabhyate. This verse composed by Rupa Goswami Prabhupada said that from the first line, Krishna Bhakti Rasabhavita Matihi. He derived the term Krishna consciousness. Exactly if you try to exactly translate this, Word by Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavita Matihi. One's consciousness, who is, which is, I don't know. It's I I can't. Would you like to give us little translation of that? Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavita Matihi. Krishna consciousness. It's a good translation. Otherwise, to try to explain all these words, they're not translatable into English actually because. There is no such concept even in English. English is for going out, conquering the world, eating beef and drinking beer. English language was not developed on the basis of self-purification of Krishna consciousness. So Prabhupada has concisely given the definition Krishna consciousness, which Rupa Goswami has described in this verse, as being so valuable. He's given the example that if it is available somewhere, anywhere, that somehow or other one should get it. Kriyatam yadi. What is the price for that? The only price is lowlyam, which is translated as greed, transcendental greed, very strong desire to attain it. And even in many lifetimes of performing mundane, pious activities, that Krishna consciousness is not attainable. So Krishna consciousness, this is not, as Srila Prabhupada was once asked, what is Krishna consciousness? He said, this Krishna consciousness, it is not an ordinary religion. He said, this movement is a cultural, philosophical, and scientific movement for the re-spiritualization of the entire world. It's not an ordinary religion, Prabhupada said. It's not what is ordinarily conceived of as religion. But Krishna consciousness, that means to be conscious of Krishna, as Rupa Goswami has described elsewhere, Krishna Anushilanam. No, sorry, I'm saying the wrong word. Anukulena Krishna Anushilanam. Anya Abhila Shita Shunyam gyanakama Kamadhyana Vritam Anukulena Krishna Anushilanam Bhakti Ruttama. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came not to teach or not to preach Bhakti or consciousness of Krishna mixed with material desires that we shall approach Krishna and ask him for something material. Shilaphaptisidhan saswatakor compared this to keeping a gardener. Rich men they will keep a hired gardener and when they want they'll call bring some bring some cabbage bring some potatoes. So we're calling to, Oh Krishna, give me some money, cure my bad back. So Krishna is not our paid gardener. So this Krishna consciousness which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa Goswami and all the Acharyas came to bring is not the ordinary religion. Religion is conceived of that we should love god because he fulfills our desires for sense gratification but krishna consciousness is a completely different the krishna consciousness that chaitanya mahaprabhu came to give is a completely different Prabhupada says not an ordinary religion because it's a completely different conception instead of thinking how we will be, we will be very pious and love god because he takes away our sins often that's preached at today at Shantipur they were saying over the loudspeaker, You chant Hare Krishna, all your sins will go away. That's true. But that's not the main aim of chanting Hare Krishna. That's still your sins will go away but how we will develop the consciousness of being completely surrendered to Krishna, of being conscious of him, why? Well there's so much philosophy to say why, that is our constitutional position as the jiva, in relationship the Ankshi in relationship to the Anksha. Anshi means the whole and Anksha means the part. So the relationship of the jiva to the Prabhu, of the infinitesimal living being to the unlimited Supreme Lord is one of service. So that is the constitutional position, the duty, the dharma. But for one who has developed Krishna consciousness, for one who's revived his dormant Krishna consciousness is a better term, then there's no longer any question of why why I should serve Krishna. There's no calculation of, yes, I should serve Krishna because then I won't have to suffer birth and death. Yes, I should do so because I'm part and parcel of Krishna. It's my duty to do so. But for one who has revived his dormant Krishna consciousness, there's no question. Just like we don't think of breathing. Now I should raise my diaphragm and let it down again and let the air in and let it out and if I don't do that, I'll die. There's no question. We just do it. The saying is there, as natural as breathing. So for the soul in his pure state, Krishna consciousness is more natural than breathing because breathing may stop or even we may physically suspend it. In yoga practice one can sustained breathing or if you're dunked under water or you go to some smelly place you may try to hold your breath. But for the pure devotee of Krishna, more natural than breathing. Pure devotee of Krishna means a normal person in their constitutional position. Only we are in our we are not in our constitutional position. So we think we have to practice how to be Krishna conscious. Ruba Goswami here in his Upadesha Amrita and in more elaborate form in his bhakti samrita sindhu Nectar of devotion has given the process of how to practice to be Krishna conscious. But actually Krishna conscious means that when, our, when we've given up, when we've thrown off the coverings of karma and jnana, how I will what benefit I will get from serving Krishna. Then our Krishna conscious becomes anukul, becomes actually favorable. Or anukul, that means in relation to Krishna, means doing what is pleasing to Krishna. And in relationship to the jiva, anukul means favorable or propitious. In relationship to the jiva means what's good for him. If we think how to act in a manner that is pleasing to Krishna, that is automatically pleasing to the jiva. So, Uttama Bhakti, topmost adhikar or standard of Bhakti is to practice Krishna consciousness in a manner that is pleasing to Krishna. How to th- how to please Krishna. The six Goswamis are very they they demonstrated this in the world, they wrote books and they demonstrated this in their behaviour, how everything should be done simply for the pleasure of Krishna. Radha and Krishna. On the front of this... Oh, it's not on this book. All right, maybe it's inside. Where are the pictures? (coughs) There's a reproduction of a famous picture of Rupa Goswami. I don't know if you can see from here. It's a well-known picture of Rupa Goswami sitting under a tree. And there's a very beautiful young girl coming holding some pot. So this is a well-known story that <clears throat> Rupa Goswami, he once had some desire that I shall prepare some nice food offered to Krishna and then I shall call Sanatan Goswami and serve him prasad. So he was thinking like that and I thought, well... I'm just sitting here under this tree and I get little chickpeas or little buttermilk and where am I going to get so many things? So he just forgot about that. Then after a short time, Prabhupada told this story that one beautiful young girl came saying Baba, which means Baba, it means just like Babaji, one will say to a, a sadhu, or to a child, because a sadhu is childlike in his innocence. Otherwise, what is a young girl coming to a sadhu, for? beautiful young girl? But a sadhu like this, Rupa Goswami, then he's, all just, you see, in Vrindavan, all the, at that time, all the residents of Vrindavan, they thought of Sanatana Goswami just like their father. They, they would tell him all uh, if they had any this problem, something he would give them solution. So they loved him, just like their father. So the she approached Baba, here's some nice ingredients, some ghee, some rice, some milk, some sugar. You please take this. So Rupa Goswami was thinking, Oh, that's right, nice. I, I was thinking how to call Sanatan Goswami and honor him by offering him prasad. I didn't have any means, but anyway, now I have. So he cooked very nicely. It's first class ingredients. So Sanatana Goswami, he, call, he came, he took, and he said, where did you get all this from anyway? You're sitting under a tree like me. Where did you get such nice ingredients for cooking? So then Rupa Goswami said, well, I was just sitting here and this... Uh, this very beautiful young girl came and offered these things. He said, what did she look like? <clears throat> Sinatanda goes, well, she had a very golden features and blue dress and Sinatanda goes, oh, you took service from Radharani. She personally came to give you all. That. That's not good. He chastised him. Not that, oh, you're so fortunate. Radha came, but no, you took service. You shouldn't do that. A similar story, Raghunath Das Goswami. He was on the bank of Radha Kund and he would be standing on the bank of Radha Kund performing his bhajan in the hot sun. Who's been in Vrindavan area in May? Anyone? Mostly people go in other months. It's You've been in Delhi, which is even hotter. Vrindavan also? It's extremely, extremely hot. It's unspeakably hot. So he would he would be on the bank of Radha Kund. Of course in those days it's, it wouldn't be looking exactly like we see it now with, with the stone or cement surroundings. It was more like a, what we would see in this area, a village pond. But anyway, it's Radha Kund. It or she or how to say. So very hot, but he didn't care for that. But Radharani cared, so she was bringing an umbrella. So, when Sanatana Goswami saw this, said, no, this is not good, you don't take service. So then he had to build a bhajan kuti. He, didn't, he was so renounced, he didn't want any place to live. So he was obliged to do so on the order of his superior. Even Raghunatha Goswami has superior. So the point: is, superior means he is Sanatan Goswami or Rupa Goswami. So this point, they are so intensely fixed on this point that even. The object of our, our worship, Radha and Krishna, they're so much pleased with our service that they may come personally to serve. Not, maybe not for us, I don't know, but for, for, for the six Goswamis of Vrindavan. They, they may come and personally serve, but they, they don't, in their way of thinking, they're so much concerned with how much we should serve, Radha and Krishna that they think that even if Radha and Krishna out of their own love for their devotee come to serve, they consider that a mistake. So this intense... They're coming to serve their devotee. What for? Not for sense gratification, to help them in their in their bhajan, in their service. But still they don't accept. Their, their, their mood is so much fixed that we are meant for service. And is this Krishna consciousness which the six Goswamis of Vrindavan have come to teach on the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which all the acharyas have come to teach. And we hear this very often, I hope. We hear that we are meant to serve Krishna. I hope that we hear this. This is what should be preached in the Krishna consciousness movement. Not that... You do this and Krishna will help you to increase your bank balance. We have to this Srila Bhattisidan Saswak Thakur is known as this uh, is, Namaste Goravani Shimurti Dina Tarine How am I forgetting? Rupan Rukabi Ruta opposite He is Rupa ruddha apasiddhanta dvanta hari. He takes away the, or removes the... the... apasiddhanta means more than a misconception. It means a reasoned system of unreasonableness because it goes against that which is actually the, the actual point. So he comes to remove that. Siddhanta means Prem Siddhanta, that everything is meant for the the loving pleasure of Radha and Krishna. And Upper Siddhanta means that, well, is Kusiddhanta, which means a completely wrong, something like there are different systems of philosophy which don't even mention Radha or Krishna. But Upper Siddhanta is more dangerous because... It appears to be what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taught, or it appears to be Krishna consciousness, but it's not, it's a misrepresentation. That is called opposite hunter. Sometimes we hear, not sometimes, too often, statements like that, Well, I want to. I'm working hard to build a big house so that I can call the Vaishnavas and serve them. You'll call them maximum once a month, and the rest of the month you'll be living in a big house. It's this is covering. This is karma avrita, desire for material enjoyment presented in the name of Krishna consciousness. Someone came up to me recently and said, Oh, I got a plot of land, it's in a really good spot. I said, What for? And he said, Oh, uh, uh it'd be good for a temple. And so, he, he was excited because he thought I'd be interested to know that he got a plot of land on which he's planning to build and make an investment and make money. So, when I said in a not very pleased way, What for? He said, oh, it'll be good for a temple. I thought, okay, transfer it immediately in Iskon's name. But that he wasn't ready to do. He said, no, I'll build and on top I'll give some space. He had to, you know, quickly make up some Appa as he was going along. So the tendency, cheating tendency, Appa Siddhanta means the cheating tendency is... Uh, formularized, formulated. That, and we shouldn't, one great mistake is to think that because there's a signboard saying International Society for Krishna Consciousness, Founder, Acharya, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, a great mistake is to think that because the signboard is there, that everything going on is according to what Rupa Goswami taught and according to what Prabhupada taught. It's not necessarily so, just because the signboard is there. Prabhupada didn't give us just temples, he gave us books so that we can understand what the temple is meant for, what are we supposed to be doing. As Prabhupada warned here in Mayapur when he saw that so devotees were missing from the class. He asked, What were they, what are they doing? They said, Oh, they're doing service and Prabhupada changed the whole course of his speaking to say that if they don't they're doing service, but if they don't regularly hear, then eventually this this temple will become a place for dogs and bats. Have you seen temples where they're full of bats and you see these big dark temples in South India, there are so many bat, bats flying around. You know what that is, Russian translator? Bat? bat? Yeah, okay. You've seen it. You're in South India. You know. <laughs> flying mice look something like that. So that, that was Prabhupada's warning. That if we're not hearing, and hearing means what? Rupanoga Siddhanta. This must be spoken in the name of time, place and circumstance. So many times the principle, I was talking about this yesterday, in the name of making a policy, the principle is changed. We're supposed to be here to cultivate selfless service to Krishna with full faith that Krishna will protect us, that Krishna... We don't have to, especially the temples of the Krishna Consciousness Movement, they are meant to show the ideal of pure devotional service. Show the ideal means by the persons who are living in the temples. And if they're not doing that, then there's very little purpose in having the temple because there are already so many temples, at least in India, there are so many temples of Krishna. And even, there's so many temples and you'll go and just like we were at a temple, we went to Shantipur and the Gosai's are there, the the family who claim descent from Advaita Acharya. But we'll see in many of these temples they're going on, but it's their family property. And they, the, the temple for the owners of, they're called the owners of the temple. For them it's their ancestral property and their ancestral right to be, to have their family maintenance from the temple. You'll find everyone, they'll, they'll be taking the money from the temple and they'll, you know, have a nice house and then they'll be watching TV and so many things. So, the point that we are here, the temple is meant for the service of Krishna, becomes turned around and Krishna is very kindly in the temple and he's serving me. It becomes turned around. So we have to be careful of this in our movement. If our temples are demonstrating this principle that everyone is here to serve Krishna, then it's useful. Other, but it's often found e- because to maintain that spirit that we're here to serve Krishna means that those who are leaders, they have to have this spirit themselves and they have to constantly uh, inculcate this in others. That we're here to serve Krishna, so we have to surrender to Krishna. And we're doing this for the, for the pleasure of Krishna. Let's work harder for Krishna. Let's do more for Krishna. We're all here to serve Krishna. But sometimes it's found easier that, well, it's difficult to keep up such a high standard, so what we'll do, we'll just pay everyone. And then they'll work. Because then it's a transaction that you ask You come and do do the service and we'll pay someone. Who who is that? Some place was saying that Some pujari, he was asked to do an extra arti. He said, I I have an agreement for doing so many artis a week. I've already done three extra. No, I'm not doing any more. Find someone else. So this is not what Rupa Goswami came to give us. This is pragmatic maybe to run the temple by paying people, but the whole purpose is lost. Of course, this may be a delicate discussion because householder devotees, they may also require some stipend. You know this word is, stipend? It means a minimal uh, allowance, is another word. Just a small amount given, just very minimum for one's needs, but nothing more. So, what happens... This is just one example of how Krishna consciousness can be lost. That means one's offering the arati, but one's in money consciousness. You're not doing it for the sake of loving Krishna, but we're doing it because I. Just like again, Bhakti. I'm giving many examples from Bhaktis and Sansthānī Thakur because I've been reading and writing about him and, and because many of these points this is exactly what he was preaching about he came to one of the, his main task was to clear away all the wrong ideas rupa rupanogaviruddha apasiddhanta dvanta hari so he came to clear away the wrong ideas which were going on in the name of bhakti it was he wanted to preach the pure teachings of Rupa Goswami, but it was difficult for him to do so because people already had a concept of what that is, the misconception that was going on in the name of the teachings of Rupa Goswami. So in this Krishna consciousness movement, if we don't keep a clear understanding of what Caitanya Mahāprabhu, Rupa Goswami, Śrīla Prabhupāda came to teach, came to give us, then inevitably we will accept something else which is not shuddha bhakti, pure devotional service, we will accept that as being correct. And people say, well, how can you criticize these these people? They're, they're the direct descendants of Nityananda or Veda Acharya. They're, they're highly respected. They know so many shastras. Then how can you criticize? It's been accepted by generations. Maybe, but it's not what Rupa Goswami came to preach, and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakko pointed this out. So it's the same thing in ISKCON. If we simply say, "Well, this is a very respected devotee, and you know, so, and, and all the other leaders respect," but look, you know, maybe respected, but is is it according to the standard given by Prabhupāda? Is this what Prabhupāda came to give us or not? Is, is, it, it's a lazy way of thinking. To, of course, we have to accept authority, but authority is established on the basis because he accepts the previous authority, and that is in line with the authorities who are Rupa Goswami and devotees on that level who are giving who are giving us pure devotional service. Simply to accept someone because they're an so and so said so, so it must be correct. That is lazy we have to apply our intelligence. Siddhanta bali Chite na karaha alash eha hoite krishna lage sura manosh. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami says, don't be lazy in understanding Siddhanta. Because by doing so, one's mind becomes strongly attached to Krishna. And the other side of that, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarswati Thakur said, that if we are lazy, then Siddhanta alash jan anaartha charena, One who is lazy in understanding siddhanta. Siddhanta means the precise, correct method, method of understanding what is it that Rupa Goswami has given us. So those who are lazy in doing so, they cannot give up anartas. It's not possible. If one is... Has a wrong understanding of what Rupa Goswami has come to give us, then we cannot possibly give up the uh, bad habits and the, the, the misconceptions, which um, are the, the they are the obstacles in all in pure devotional service. So there's there's no question of developing pure devotional service if we don't have a clear understanding of what it is that we are in what is pure devotional service we can't develop it unless we know what it is and that but that will become covered that inevitably becomes covered by desires for sense gratification of people who don't want to make that endeavor but they find it very useful to pretend to themselves and others that they are doing so so it may look like pure devotional service, but it, I wanted to give that, I went way off, the, but on a tangent. But Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswaj he gave this example. He told that, I saw on a, someone had written a notice, some professional Bhagavatam reciter. People who recite the Bhagavatam and people give donations and they collect the donations and they, they live a nice materialistic life with the donations and they recite in a very nice way and tell nice stories and sing a little bit and cry a little bit and make a good show and everyone's happy and it was all talking about Krishna it was all and they were telling nice stories and we all felt very wonderful when we heard it so it must be pure devotion he's a great devotee he's respected like anything it may appear to be pure devotional service but isn't So Bhaktisthan Sajrak Thakur was preaching strongly against these persons. He saw someone had, one of these persons who was under attack had written that if I could get more money by sweeping the street, I would do so. And sweet, you see, these are all the professional Bhagavatam reciters. They're all from Brahmin families and they, they wouldn't consider sweeping the street. It's below their dignity. But he said, if I get more money from sweeping the street than from reciting the Bhagavatam, I'd be ready to do so. And he cited how these Gosais they take money and they use it for maybe buying a gun for their son to shoot birds as a sport or for going for paying off prostitutes. So this, that's it. You talk Radha, Krishna, Leela, cry a bit, collect some money, and then you, you have your mistress on the side and you have to keep her happy. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sosotaka was so strongly against this. It, everything will degrade very quickly if we don't keep completely to the point of Krishna consciousness as given by Rupa Goswami, as delivered in parampara. So Krishna consciousness means that following in the parampara system, not just putting the pictures on the wall or formally reciting their pranam mantras, but practicing in such a way that we may attain the gifts that they have come to give us and praying for that and understanding what it is they have have come to give us. Now in the last few years there has been more emphasis in ISKCON on education, teaching the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. So that's good, isn't it? We should understand the philosophy. But how should we understand it? You can go to school and university, you can also study philosophy. You could probably study the, the, you could probably make some course and study Prabhupada's books in the university also. What's the difference between studying in the university and the way we should study Prabhupada's books? The difference is that we study from devotees who don't teach us in the detached manner that, well, this is what Prabhupada said and then you know you take it or leave it. But this is to be applied in our lives understanding this Siddhanta. What is, the, what is this Siddhanta? What is the proper conclusion of each subject taught? Now, of course, one has to apply one's intelligence to understand what is being taught. It's, that's why the human form of life is meant for God realization because in the human form of life there is sufficient intelligence to understand these topics. It requir- Krishna Mati Rastu Krishna Bhakti bhavita Mati Mati means the, the intelligence in the sense of the... the, the uh, as Prabhupada writes here in this preface... Advancement in Krishna consciousness depends on the attitude of the follower. It means one's uh, one's attitude, one's um, leaning or predilection, intelligently understood. So um, this. Philosophy that Srila Prabhupada has given us, it's not something to be studied in the relativistic manner that is typical of mundane academics. One has to, the, the Shishya or the disciple approaches the Guru with Arjuna's attitude. That Sarvameta Dvitangmanya Yangman Bhattasi Keshava. Oh Kesava, everything you say I accept as truth. Rita Rita is, satya is a well known word for truth. Rita is a similar word. So Sarvameta manye I accept it's all true, everything that you say. This is the basic attitude of the disciple. The attitude of the mundane academic is completely opposite. The disciple's mood is submissive. Yes, I accept what you say is true. But the mundane academic, they they also study scripture, but they do so in a condescending manner. They think that they are more intelligent than Vyasadeva or Rupa Goswami and it's their business to examine what they have said. They don't approach in a worshipful manner, but they approach in a manner that now we're going to examine with our intelligence and they presume that Vyasadeva and Rupa Goswami and Prabhupada and all the Acharyas are materially motivated persons and they are materially prejudiced persons and they make mistakes and they're deficient. The, the mundane scholars are extremely irreverent by their very nature. And they like to point out contradictions or prejudices. Or Their whole business is, as Prabhupada said, there are two kinds of questions. One to understand Krishna and one to avoid Krishna. So the mundane scholars, they approach Shastra and the Acharyas with the endeavor... To to they analyze, and, but they show how it is wrong and how we the the endeavor of persons to surrender is just the whole religious or theological endeavor is foolishness. And when you are more intelligent, you can analyze all these things and you might say a few nice things like it's very nice poetry. But on the whole, they are uh, they are in the relativistic attitude they presume that there's no absolute truth there's no ultimate reality nothing can be fully ascertained but we are coming afterwards so our we inte- we our intelligence is such that we can analyze this and in this way they study shastra and the acharyas so this method of study this relativistic way even if we study Prabhupada's books like that, we can never understand. We have to accept, Sarvam Ritang Manye Yang that from the beginning we have to accept that what Rupa Goswami says, what Prabhupada says, it is not the utterances of mundanely tinged persons, it is not the utterances of some learned sentimentalists who had some feelings for some imaginary God. But Rupa Goswami and Srila Prabhupada and all the Acharyas, they are on the platform of actual reality beyond birth and death. They are just like when Prabhupada was in Australia, they, once they, they put posters all over the city of Śrīla Prabhupāda saying, He has seen the truth. Tadva darshi. He knows what is reality. So that faith has to be there. If we don't have that faith, then even if we... Of of course, persons may... Innocent persons may study Prabhupāda's books. And innocent persons who don't have that faith, by by reading Prabhupāda's books, if innocent and somewhat pious persons by reading Prabhupada's books, they will really become astonished that Chaitanya daya kata Bicha Bicha chitte pabe ka Krishna Goswami says just examine the, the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu if you, st- if you see, you'll be amazed how wonderful is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so if one approaches, in the same way one approaches Prabhupada's teachings, an, an innocent person, a person without any prejudice or against theism, or a person who is not so puffed up that he thinks he knows everything, then such a person will, can appreciate that this is knowledge from a higher level of reality from the actual level of reality, but a person who is very, a person who approaches immediately before they start, they think, oh, this is some, this is some stupid book, or, yeah, well, this is, Bhaktivedanta Swami has done a good job by by writing these books, but, you know, he made so many mistakes, and uh, they're not very scholarly, some rascal, I saw some rascal wrote like this, he thought he was a better scholar. He said it's mostly written for Western people who they don't understand very much, so not very scholarly. A rascal, he said. So this kind, this kind of attitude, unless we accept that what the acharyas have given us is perfect, and that they have come not just to, just not just like people think probably. Lord Krishna gave Bhagavad Gita and then you interpret it in different ways. So so many times we're distributing Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita in India and people say, Yeah, well I have five or six different interpretations already. I have your Guru's interpretation also. They presume that the Bhagavad Gita is a is a book and you just it's a book of philosophy, but it's not very clear, and then different people can take it and if they're good scholars of Sanskrit, they can interpret it in their own way. And different people interpret it, and we can enjoy reading the different interpretations and have some intellectual gratification. This is a completely mistaken way of understanding. As Prabhupada says in the introduction to bhagavad Gita, as it is, we should understand as Arjuna understood it. Sarvam etat vritaṁ manyehi anmaṁ keśava. So, like this, if we study Prabhupada's books, and we study and this basic philosophy is there and then some controversial point comes up and then people, the different devotees just discuss it among themselves and then they say, well, you just, whatever you, you make up your mind. What is the conclusion? Well, that's not siddhanta. That's again why we may say, well, Prabhupada the guru for all. You just read Prabhupada's books. That's true. Rupa Goswami is the guru for all. Read his books. But we also need... Guru who will explain that. Otherwise there are people who will... Ex- they did it with Bhagavad Gita, they've done it with all the Vedas, they've done it with Chaitanya Charitamrita. We shouldn't think that there aren't people who are not misfavored by Maya with the intelligence to misinterpret Prabhupada's books. That's why we, we have to have Gurus who are... Guru means they are the follower. Follower means not just putting tilak, well, I hope they put on tilak also, but follow in all respects. So they are favored by Rupa Goswami, by Prabhupada, by all the acharyas, with understanding of what Krishna consciousness is, anu ku Yena krishna anu and what does this mean? And they can impart that. Otherwise, if, you th- if, we th- if we think that Prabhupada's books, well, you read it and then you just, whatever you think you interpret it in your own way, then that's just mayavad. And it's quite possible that mayavad can be taught in the name of Prabhupada's books if we don't come to the clear siddhanta. So philosophy should be taught, yes, but not in a relativistic way. The clear understanding has to be given. This is like this, this is like this, this is like this. There are so many questions coming up now or reinterpretations. But what th- that requires, one has to be Guru Mukha Padma Vaakya Aika Ana Kariha Manayasha. If one is one in heart with the bona fide Guru, if he has no other intention than to serve him, then all this uh, everything becomes very clear everything is revealed within the heart by His mercy so you may say well that's not very academic it's true it's not very academic the, the study is there and revelation is there the, the mundane scholars they cannot understand because the, the, scourge, the divine knowledge will never be manifested in their hearts because they don't want it They don't want, they want sense gratification. So Krishna consciousness, what is the meaning of Krishna consciousness? Minimally it means that we should follow the practices. What does it mean for us in this Krishna consciousness movement? Minimally for us it means to follow the practices that Prabhupada has given. But not only the practices, but to understand... Clearly, what he has come to teach us, what he has come to give, what is actual Krishna conscious as differentiated from mundane concepts of what is Krishna conscious. We should be very careful because mundane religion confuses pure love with mundane love, pure compassion with mundane compassion. In mundane religion, the term surrender is not there. We should understand what is prema and what is kaam. Atendriya priti vanchat tare bale kaam krishnendriya priti itcha dhare premanam This is the Test. Therefore, this everything this means that love for Krishna that is characterized by doing everything for Krishna's pleasure, and what what is done for one's own personal sense gratification that is called calm as opposed to praying. So therefore, everything should be done. Krishnati bhogatiya Acceptance and rejection Should be done on the basis of what Krishna wants For Krishna's sake Tadati akila cheshta Cheshtitam Krishnati akila cheshta Everything should be done for Krishna's sake For the pleasure of Krishna Very simple Very simple principle We shall have to see how much we are imbibing that. This Krishna conscious movement is meant, it's actually the Krishna consciousness movement of Rupa Goswami and Srila Prabhupada. If this principle is there, not 50% or 70% or 99% but 100%. Only if there is full endeavor to satisfy Krishna. Of course we're not pure devotees, we're endeavoring to come to that platform. But unless our focus is clearly on that, then, as Srila Prabhupada writes here, the Krishna consciousness movement is conducted under the supervision of Srila Rupa Goswami. What is that Krishna consciousness movement? It is that Krishna consciousness movement in which, as Rupa Goswami says, Krishnate akila Cheshta. Everything is done for the sake of Krishna. Other Krishna consciousness movements or what may be going on in the name of Krishna consciousness movement is not what Prabhupada is referring to here. So don't, we should not be lazy and think that if the sign is on the board, gone, and I walk in, then I'm a pure devotee. Just, that's it, finish. No, there's a lot of... Everything has to be clearly understood. Everything has to be followed exactly. As Prabhupada writes twice here, one should follow these instructions very strictly. So I'll finish here and this little speech. And then if there are any questions, please ask. We have a... Yeah, pass over the mic or come... You had a question, a prayer, All right. Okay. Okay. Please press it. All right. In the water of sadhana bhakti, in the course of sadhana bhakti. let me finish my rounds and then I'll do any damn thing I like, as Prabhupada once said. He was chanting, put down his beads, he said, I finished sixteen, now I can do any damn thing I like. He was saying sarcastically, well, therefore, along with chanting, we have to hear. Hearing and chanting. We should hear why we are chanting. Why are we chanting? Why are we performing this sadhana? Regular hearing is required to keep us on course. If we're driving and we're not attentive, then we go off course. So hearing means we're we're always being put on the right course. Hearing again and again, give up sense gratification, surrender to Krishna. Everything should be done for Krishna's pleasure hear this again and again. We have to hear regularly. Otherwise, due to our contaminated state, we take even Krishna consciousness as something for our own sense gratification. So we have to hear regularly. little away from your mouth. Mm. You're from Britain, is it? Yeah. I take the point. That's a typical thing people say in Britain. It means that, yeah, I accept something of what you said, but I have my other I have another opinion also. That is about to come. <laughs> As opposed to Yeah, they may find it it's it's difficult to understand because the subject matter is completely foreign to them. Not, the language is quite simple. It's not scholarly in the way that scholars think is scholarly. Prabhupada was talking, Satsuru Maharaj was telling Prabhupada about some of his experiences of distributing Prabhupada's books to, uh, to the university scholars. And one scholar opened the books... He said, This isn't scholarly, there are no footnotes. (laughs) So Prabhupada is joking, you become a scholar by putting footnotes. That's that's what they consider scholarly if you have many footnotes. Prabhupada made everything very clear. Now you you're in the opposite, Samprada, you have to speak more into the (laughs) mind. I can't hear what you are saying. Come here and tell me. I can't hear what you are saying. It's going over there and coming back. Did anyone else hear? Okay? Okay. Is it is wrong to preach that Chant Hare Krishna to remove your sins. Is it wrong to preach to Chant Hare Krishna to remove your sins? It's not wrong but it's not complete. So we also have a famous uh, sentence that chant and be happy. Chant Hare Krishna and be happy. Yeah we can say that. People have no idea what it means to be happy by chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> Maybe they're thinking they'll they'll get a little house on the beach and It's just to induce people. Somehow or other chant. But for devotees, chant Hare Krishna and be happy means be happy on the spiritual platform. Anything else? don't? I don't know. It's difficult to hear. I can't hear. I'm sorry. Come here and tell me and then I'll speak it again in the mic. Can you all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I said that everything will degrade quickly if we don't stick to the point. Yes, As Prabhupada wrote in one letter, there seem to be symptoms of missing the point. He was writing, the devotees are feeling discouraged. There seem to be some symptoms of missing the point, Prabhupada said. So is, well, that, uh, we should, uh, not everything should be done for the pleasure of Krishna, yes. How should we please Him? By honestly serving the mission here. There are many things. All the activities that we are doing, but the attitude should be there that, let me do this for the pleasure of Krishna. The point is that even subtly, without our even noticing it, without ourselves being aware of it, we, we may do things for our own pleasure. Or the two things may mix. Just like I was saying about this stipend, a householder may take a stipend, a small allowance to maintain his family so he can go on serving. But where does the boundary come between his... If he's actually completely unmotivated, then he'll just be satisfied with a little. But then he may think, well, I need more and more and more. And then we sometimes hear complaints that temple presidents are being paid huge amounts, I mean, far more than the average someone running a, a company of the with a similar income. And so then the town the person's business is to organise the collection in the temple so that his and all the others can be paid. So the whole temple, you know, the deity worship and everything is going on, but the the, the organizer is organising his main motive is how to bring the money so that he so that his salary can be paid. And these things are going on in some places. So we've heard. So it all... Then everything becomes dedicated to make everything look like Krishna consciousness so that people will be enthusiastic to donate. But the spirit of service will be lost and one cannot get pure devotion. So the whole purpose for which it's... One is given an allowance so that he can run on the temple so that we can practice Krishna consciousness. But then the whole purpose becomes changed because the temple has to be run to pay the money. So that, and, but the purpose of doing it for the sake of serving Krishna is, is lost, even though it may be said like that. It's not very difficult. I mean, it, like I say, it is going on, so we're told, in various places. It it can be a dilemma also because you know, usually it's devotees who are householders who are, who are more competent in management and all this. But when where does the borderline come between a, a reasonable stipend and uh, and an excessive payment? It's so it, it's we shouldn't just think that anyone who's taking any money is completely bogus. It's, it can be difficult to see what the borderline is. Although, at least from Prabhupada's books, he said that, or from his letters, he was saying that house, what he said is that householders should, if they're going to be, they should be given something very minimum that the, and an excessive payment. It's, so it, it's we shouldn't just think that anyone who's taking any money is completely bogus. It's, it can be difficult to see what the borderline is. Although, at least from Prabhupada's books, he said that, or from his letters, he was saying that house what he said is that householders should... If they're going to be given, they should be given something very minimal. That was Prabhupada's idea. And then, of course, we can say, well, that was in the 1970s and now it's 30 years later, times have changed. But again, I would say this is a. I have to say, I would say, because someone else will bring another opinion. But uh, it, this is a case of a, a. Prabhupada is speaking about a principle. It's not that. The principle that a minimum amount should be given so that people can go on doing service. It's a principle that shouldn't be changed. If it is changed then the Krishna Consciousness movement is changed. It is no longer the Krishna Consciousness movement. Then it becomes money consciousness. All right, I'm going to finish here because the time is up and it's a little difficult to speak with the ecstatic kirtan in the background. We should also remember that Prabhupada very much liked this chanting and dancing in Mayapur. He enjoyed very much one year it must have been must have been nineteen seventy six. That Prabhupada he was sitting in his room in the middle of the day in Mayapur during the Mayapur festival. And he called, bring all the GBC. Call all the GBC members, wherever they are, find them, bring them here. So they're wondering, what is it? You know, says, we did something wrong or what's going on? Some major thing Prabhupada's going to tell us. All the GBC came, Prabhupada was just sitting smiling. And said, just hear the kirtan, it's so wonderful. He said, we should bring all the devotees from all over the world and they can just stay here and chant Hare Krishna. Then one devotee said to Prabhupada that, well, we also have temples and preaching in the West. All right.